Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Sundays. They may be broken and they may be fractured Sundays. In other words, we've got some special things coming up in the future. And so I don't know how, how many times that we can do this consecutively, but I just, I just been, I've been touched and I've been blessed with a word that's just coming into my life. And it's simply called overflow. It's called overflow just overflow now this is not a message to try to get you to be emotional it's just about what God wants a church to have it's a message about what God wants a place to be like churches many of them are not living the overflow life because the Holy Spirit is not active in those churches you have to have to have the activity of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit must guide and provide and lead and direct a church if a church is going to have what we call overflow. Join somebody by the hand, lift it up, and say, I'm going to help the pastor today in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. Leave it up. Overflow. Today is a day of celebration. In fact, every Sunday is. Every time we come together, we come to celebrate who God is. We call that thing worship. Everybody say worship. Some may have had a rough week this week, but today is a day of celebration. Our work, worship is an act of giving God the praise that he deserves in spite of our tough times. He's worthy of our praise. Some people consider church to be a drag. 90% of Americans say they believe in God, yet 55% consistently choose to be somewhere other than church on Sunday. There was a survey taken several years ago and four reasons people give for not going to church. Number one was that church was boring, especially the sermons. Go ahead and pick on the preacher first. The second reason is that church members are unfriendly. Smile a while. Come on, give your face a rest. The third reason is that the church is more interested in money than it is in me, people say. And the fourth reason is that child care is not a priority in churches. People don't come to church because they don't have an interest in God. Most are concerned about spiritual matters in their life, but some don't think that church should be boring, but on the other hand, they don't think church should be entertaining. But I want to ask you, why not? Because here's what the dictionary says about the word entertaining. It means to hold a person's attention, to not be boring, to treat a person as a guest that's entertaining, and to show hospitality. I think Christian Life Church is an entertaining church. Amen? Amen. <laughs> 
Amen. We have an eternal message that should be presented in an interesting and an exciting way. Aren't you glad Jesus came out of the grave? Aren't you glad he's coming back for us? I was stopped in the hall today and asked if I would take the mark of the beast if it was ever offered to me. That's a good question before you come to the pulpit on Sunday morning. And I said, that probably won't happen in my world. And the person said, it's going to happen as close as next year. Let me tell you something. Let me tell everybody something here right now. We have a Jesus Christ. We have a Savior who is with us. And whatever comes before us is not greater than what is in us. Whatever we face is not bigger and better than what we have and what we possess. It's kind of like the story of two guys meeting on the street corner and one man asked the other man, how was church last Sunday? And the other man said, I don't know. I was kind of bored. I think I slept through half the sermon. The first man looked and shocked and said, how could you do that? You're the pastor. <laughs> church should be more than rhetoric. Church should be more than sameness. Church should be more than dryness. Church should be more than boring. Church should be entertaining. And the one we ought to entertain the most is the one that died for us on a cross. Anybody got a hand clap for Jesus today? Anybody got a praise for him today? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The Feast of the Tabernacles was in process. It's an eight-day feast in the Bible, John 7. In the last day, the great day of the Feast of the Festival, they did a program that they did every year remembering what God did for them and their people in the wilderness. Not yet. In the wilderness. And the priest brought water to the temple steps and poured it out as a reminder of what God did for the people of Israel in the wilderness. Because when they needed water, God gave them a rock. And Moses smote that rock, and the rock gave forth water. And so every feast of the tabernacle, they would celebrate that by the priests going down to the pool of Siloam and bringing back water from the pool that gives sight, from the pool where a blind man washed his eyes and brought back sight water to the house of the Lord and poured it out. And it was a symbol that got a hold of Jesus one day, and he couldn't take it any longer. And in John chapter 7, verse 37 in the RSV, he said, On that last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and proclaimed, If any one thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. There came a day when Jesus said, I've had enough with rhetoric. I've had enough with formality. 
I've had enough with all the dry doings of just going and getting pails of water and pouring them out. I want you to understand something. You're looking at the living water. You're looking at somebody that when he baptizes you, it's going to come out of you like a river. It's not going to be a stagnant pond. It's not going to be some little reservoir. It's not going to be a broken cistern. It's going to be an overflow. <laughs> it's going to be an overflow. Anybody want to get a hold of some overflow here today? Anybody want to get a hold of some overflow in the house today? An overflow, an overflow, an overflow, an overflow. I read about a pastor that needed something to say at a funeral one day. So he opened up his Bible to see how Jesus did funerals. And he found that Jesus didn't do funerals. He did resurrections. The first thing I want to tell everybody here today in this overflow message is that Jesus knows how to turn funerals into celebrations. Uh, all I have is three witnesses. That's all I have in the Bible is three. But I will tell you this. He knows how to turn funerals into celebrations. I didn't put this on the screen, but I want you to just hear this as I read this from the message. As they approached the village gate, they met the disciples in Jesus, a funeral procession. And a woman's only son was being carried out for burial. And the woman was a widow. And when Jesus saw her, his heart broke. And he said to her, don't cry. And then he went over and touched the coffin. And the pallbearers stopped. And he said, young man, I tell you, get up. And the dead son sat up and began talking. That's the Jesus I preach. Jesus presented him to his mother. And they all realized they were in a place of holy mystery. That God was at work among them. And they were quietly worshipful. And then noisily grateful. Calling out among themselves, God is back. Looking to the needs of his people. I will tell you right now that Jesus stopped a beer on the way to the burial ground, raised a son up, and at first they started saying, Hallelujah, glory, glory. And then that boy kept talking, and they got noisy. Because what happens at funerals with the Lord is it may start as a trickle, but it becomes an overflow. It becomes an overflow. When Jesus heard that his best friend Lazarus was sick, he said, hold on, boys, hold on. This sickness is not unto death. And two days later, they heard he had died. And he said, we go now. And when he went to heal the daughter of Jairus, a 12-year-old girl, he said, get the people out. She's not dead. She's just asleep. Let me stop and tell you right now, when Jesus comes on the scene, there is nothing too dead that he can't resurrect. There's nothing too broken that he can't put together. There's nothing too fallen that he can't lift up. There's nothing too bad that he can't fix. I don't care how bad the situation is, when he gets through, he turns bad into overflow. 
He turns bad into overflow. Everybody encounters loss and tragedy in life. Everyone has bad things happen to them. Loss happens with loved ones and marriage and friendships and dreams. But Jesus knows how to turn funerals into celebrations. He did it then. He can do it now. Because when the Lord's good news comes in contact with the bad news, bad news either has to dissipate, turn around, or say, I can't take this any longer. I'm going to wave the white flag. There's something about Jesus. Now, you've got to get this. If you're going to get the overflow, you've got to get this. I don't care how bad life is in some of your lives. I don't care how dead your family is. I don't care how lost your children are. It is not a sickness unto death. That child is just sleeping. It's not dead. Hallelujah. And on the way to the grave, the Lord knows how to stop the beer and turn the child and set him up and make the child start speaking. Anytime Jesus interrupts death, it's coming back to life. And it's not just coming back to life. It's overflow. It's overflow. So Paul deals with this question in the book of Romans, in a couple of places, he deals with this question as a sin situation. He said, for by one man's offense, it's not on the screen, death reigned by one, much more than they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Then in Romans 7, he picks it up and he says, for I know that in me that is in my flesh nothing good dwells. For the will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law in my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And then in verse 24 it's on the screen. He said, O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? What he's saying is there's some people that are so lost and so gone and they're so yielding to that power of sin and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Are you with me right now? And in the very next scripture, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's the only one that can deliver me from the death of a funeral in my soul to resurrected life and give me an oh somebody say glory right now somebody rejoice right now we're going to magnify Jesus in the house today he's the only one that can turn death into life he's a funeral stopper not only with the physical man but he's a funeral stopper with the spiritual man if you were to visit Saudi Arabia today you would still see the stream of Hagar flowing. She was dismissed from the house of Abraham and Sarah, cast out with Ishmael, the bond son, to die. But when she was cast out, they found a well, and it saved her life. And after all these years, there's still no dryness because it started by God, and it came from God. And if God starts a stream in your life, it will never run dry as long as you stay connected to the Almighty God. 
That's why David said, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. That's what happens when Jesus shows up. He turns bad things around. He makes funeral celebrations, and he's able to do that in your life spiritually today. Would you clap your hands all over the house right now? That's overflow. Everybody say overflow. Overflow. Boy, Pastor, you started deep. You started with funerals. Yeah, I'm going to get deeper now. He turns emptiness into an overflowing life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Are we entertaining you today, Lord? We're preaching about you. Are we entertaining you today? When Lawrence of Arabia was in Paris after World War I with some of his Arab friends, he showed them the sights of the city. But you know what impressed them, about, uh, impressed them the most? It was the faucets in the hotel bathtub. They spent much of their time turning those faucets on and off. They were amazed that they could get all the water they wanted by just turning the knob. And as they were preparing to leave the hotel and return to the east, Lawrence of Arabia found them in the bathroom with wrenches trying to disconnect the faucets. They thought if they took the faucets home with them, oh, hallelujah, that they'd have all the water they wanted. And Lawrence had to explain to him that it wasn't the faucets that provided the water. It was a massive reservoir to which those faucets were attached. So it is with the living water of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus Christ promised. Unless we're connected to him, simply going through some sort of spiritual motion will not get us anywhere. But somebody can lift their hands today and say, Lord, I need some water. And you're tapped into a reservoir and the water will flow because he said out of your belly shall flow rivers. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. I feel like preaching right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus met a woman at a well one day. He met a woman at a well one day and he said, if you drink this water, you will never, 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 never thirst again. Never, ever thirst again. She said, how? How are you going to draw that water? The well is deep. You don't have anything to draw with. You know what the, the prophet said? He said, with joy shall you draw water. That's your well bucket. Now, I want, I want to preach to you a little bit here this morning. When the Israelites were in the wilderness... And they came through a place, and there were serpents. You'll find this in Numbers chapter 21 if you want to study it when you get home. There were serpents in the wilderness that bit the people of God. And the Bible told Moses to raise up a brazen serpent. And he raised up that brazen serpent. He said, all that look on this brazen serpent will not only be healed, but they'll be saved. And they will not die from the poisonous bite of the snakes. And so right behind that miracle comes something else. There is a lack of water. 
They have no water. They need something for the dryness of their soul. And so they come to this place called Beerlam, just literally B-E-E-R, Beer. And they come to this particular place, and there was an old well there that had been covered with the sand of the enemy, that had been covered with people who said the well doesn't work anymore. That had said, you know, all the water that we ever needed is gone now. We don't need any more water. And so they came to this place that had a well that was covered. And Moses said, God said, if you will dig here. I don't care how old, oh my God, the well is. I don't care how covered the well is. The well still has water. I know religion is becoming newfangled and we're trying to get the Christ of the cross out of church and it's now I'm okay, you're okay. But I want to declare somebody here today, I'm preaching right now. This old well that I'm talking about still works. This old well that I'm preaching about today still has water. The gospel of Jesus Christ may be old and antiquated to some people, but I'm telling you beyond that sand, beyond that sand, there's still some water. There's still some glory. There's still some overflow that God has for you. And the Bible said they took sticks. They took sticks. And by the law, they started digging with sticks. And they started singing. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Woo! Spring up, oh well. Spring up. I know you think I've lost my mind today, but I'm preaching. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. That's what I'm asking Jesus to do. He's the well of living water. I'm saying, Lord, in this last hour, I know the world's covered you with sand, and there's a lot of people say it's antiquated preaching, but I'm saying, come on, Lord, spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Now let me turn that around. Let me turn that around and preach it to you now. I've already preached to him. Let me preach it to you now. Some of you have got sticks and you see sand. You got sticks and you see sand. And you're saying, how's this going to work? Well, the first thing you've got to do is get joy in your life. Anybody ever remember how good God was the night he saved you? You need to start smiling like it's the first night you ever found him. Come on, help me preach right now. You need to put a big old smile on your face, and you need to say, Sand, listen, I know what's beneath you. I know how hell has tried to divorce me from the overflowing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm going to dig, and I'm going to sing. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Spring up in our family. Spring up on my job. Spring up in our relationship. Spring up, spring up. Sometimes, listen, you just have to sing to the sand. Sometimes you just got to sing to the sand. 
It ain't always going to be easy. But I'm telling you, God knows how to take emptiness and put an overflow in your life. He knows how to do it because he told a woman, if you drink the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. Hang on just a minute. Hang on just a minute. Hang on just a minute. Hallelujah. Keep on preaching, son. Keep on preaching. I believe that Almighty God is ready to baptize some of the emptiness of your life with an overflow. He has the power to transform. He has the blessings to assist. He has the spirit to sanctify. He has the grace to forgive. He has a presence to comfort. He has a love to encourage. And here's what Paul said. He said, God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Ephesians 3 and 20. He'll give you peace like a river. He'll give you joy like a fountain. He'll give you joy like a river. He'll give you joy like an artesian well. He'll give you peace that passeth understanding. I'm telling you, sometimes you got to take a stick and sing at the sand and say, I know there's a well down there and I'm going to be overflowing again real, real soon. You wouldn't want to be second church today. I'm liable to preach all day to second church. Heard about that little old boy went into a store. He eyed a candy jar up there on that on that counter. And the owner could tell he wanted some candy bad. But he didn't have money. The owner said, Go ahead, son, it's all right. Get you a big old handful of candy from the candy jar. But the boy wouldn't do it. So the store owner finally said, here, son. And he reached his hand into the candy jar and handed the boy a big old bag full of candy. Later, the dad asked, son, why didn't you reach into the jar yourself and get some candy? He said, oh, dad, the store owner's hand was a lot bigger than mine. Here's what I want to tell you. I don't care how tough life is. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, loose all their guilt and stain. Hallelujah. The hand that we're dealing with is a lot bigger than mine. And he knows how to turn emptiness into an overflow. Into an overflow. Into an overflow. Hallelujah. I'm just going to walk out here and smile a little bit and clap my hands with you. Come on. Come on, let's rejoice a little bit. I'm almost through. I'm almost done. Let's just clap our hands a little. Come on. Come on, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. He knows how to turn funerals into celebrations, and he knows how to turn emptiness into overflow. Wow. Everybody say overflow. But he also knows how to turn self-focused lives outward. If I told you today, first of all, it'd be a lie. But if I told you today, I had $100,000 in my possession for someone in this house who really needs it, who would be the first person you'd think of? 98% of America would say, me. Me. 
if most were honest, we would say, I, I could use that, Pastor, because we look out for ourselves. We look out for number one. But don't you think that God knows our human nature? And do you think God knows that if we look out for our own self-interest, he understands that? That's why, get me now, he wants to fill you up first. So that he can overflow you outward to other people. That's why an empty church spiritually can't have an overflow. You know, if I had a glass here today, and I almost brought it up, but I thought, ah, it'd be too elementary, but I'm just going to let you imagine it. But if I had a glass here today, just a glass, just cut this off, had a glass, and I filled it with water, filled it. I filled it with water. That glass, you could push it to any part of your body and nothing would get wet on your body because it's just filled. But if I poured, if I baptized that glass and just kept pouring it and giving an overflow and the water just ran down and ran down and ran down, everybody that handled that glass would get a wet hand. Everybody that touched that glass would get some wetness on them. Are you with me right now? What the Lord's wanting this church to have is an overflow ourselves so that when we overflow with the presence of God, everybody we touch, everybody we talk to, everybody we witness to is affected and blessed by the overflow, by the baptism of the Spirit of God in our lives. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, everybody say, is me. Everybody say, Jerusalem is me. Everybody say, Judea. That's my family. Everybody say, Samaria. That's my friends and acquaintances. Everybody say, the ends of the earth. That's the people that need the overflow. I believe with all my heart that God Almighty, and I'm about to close, God Almighty is wanting to take this church to a level of the ends of the earth. Mm. There's a 2,000-year-old story, I'm closing, that may or may not be apocryphal. But it took place when much of the world was unknown and largely unmapped. Cartographers had to have some way of portraying those areas of the earth that were as yet unexplored. So they symbolized these regions by dragons and by monsters and by large fish. The message was clear. Uncharted territories were frightening. They were fearsome places. Terror laid there. But as many maps declared, three words, there be treasures. It's terrifying, but there's treasures there. And the story is this. One commander of a battalion 
of Roman soldiers was caught up in a battle that took him to a territory that the mountain makers had represented with their monsters and dragons and not knowing whether to forge ahead into the unknown or turn back to the known which would be a retreat he dispatched a messenger to Rome with this urgent message please send new orders we have marched off the mount I would like I would like for this church to one day catch it so plainly that we could just march right off the map and not be afraid of the terror that falleth by day. Hallelujah. And not be afraid of the arrows that flyeth. But understand that they may fall on our right and on our left, but God's got a church. God has a church. There's been a presence that's been keeping me awake at night and waking me up early in the morning. And I don't preach like this. I'm a Bible preacher, not a field preacher. But I've been waking up in the middle of the night and God said, I've got something for you, son. Are you ready to go to uncharted territory? i got something for you, son. Are you ready? Are you ready? And every night when I get awakened, I cry and I say, yes, Lord, I'm ready. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I drive down the road in my car and God says, could you really, could you really take that leap? Could you take that leap? Could you go there? Yes, God. Yes, God. I don't want to finish this thing. I don't want to finish this thing with on my tombstone what could have been. I want to finish this thing and hear him say he did the best he could. He lived in an overflow in his life. He did whatever he could to reach as many people as he could with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I want said. That's what I want heard. Somebody in this house is going to get the overflow in your life. Somebody in this house is going to get the overflow in your life. Somebody in this house. Woo! Please be seated just a moment. Be seated just a moment. I preached old spirit field preaching today. I'll be more Methodist next week. But there's a passion. I read the opening scripture, Jesus stood and cried. He stood and he cried. There's sometimes it just gets all over. You can't sit down and talk about it. Sometimes it just gets all over. You got to stand up and say, hear what I've got to say today. There's an overflow. There's an overflow. We can ever get outside of ourselves. We can be baptized with that living water. There's an overflow. There's an overflow. Oh, I know there's people in this house individually that's feeling that overflow, but I want this church corporately to feel that overflow today. I want this church to feel that overflow today. I want this church to feel that overflow. I want our staff to feel that overflow. I want our choir to feel that overflow. I want people to feel that overflow. I want the balcony to feel that overflow. I want God to baptize us. think about the revival in Florida the Pensacola revival when I think about that revival and I know it's, it's a thing of history now when I think of Finney's revivals when I think of Azusa Street revivals please forgive me 
I know it's an old well and there's a lot of sand on it, but please forgive me. Please forgive me. But he said, if you'll just sing to the sand, no matter how dry it feels in your life, if you'll learn to sing to the sand, spring up, spring up, spring up, spring up. He said, I'm going to turn you into an outflow. You're going to be an outflow church because I'm going to baptize this church with water that you cannot even hold. And it's going to saturate your life and saturate your being, saturate all that you are. We've got a little taste during Holy Week of what revival's about, packed houses, big time stuff. It's not because we want our name written in lights. No, no, no. It's because we want people to come all who will and drink freely of the water of life. The last thing Jesus said, Revelation 22 and 17, he said, come on, all who will, come on, come drink. Come, come on, come drink it, come drink it, come on. Come drink the water, the water of life. That's what it's about. Stand to your feet, clap your hands all over the building. Everybody say overflow. Everybody say overflow. Everybody say he turns funerals into celebration. He turns emptiness into overflow. He turns self-focused outward. Wow. You know what? Yesterday and all the people that helped yesterday, and all the folks that cooked and all the folks that delivered and all the folks that made people that didn't have it feel good. I want to clap for you one more time now. But that's overflow. That's overflow. That's overflow. Come on. That's overflow. That's overflow. That's overflow. That's overflow. Ah, hallelujah. That's overflow. That's overflow. That's overflow. That's overflow. That's overflow. Amen. This altar is going to be filled in just a moment. People want to come. They're going to be blessed. They're going to be prayed for. They're going to be baptized. That's overflow. Loving your neighbor as yourself. That's overflow. That's overflow. You hear me? I'm talking about a church getting beside itself, getting outside itself, outside the parameters. That's overflow. And I'm going to be baptizing you with this for a long time because I believe that God... Almighty wants to give us, wants to give this church the old-fashioned well water of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Not some synthetic bottled water, but the old-fashioned overflow of the presence of God. Bow your heads and close your eyes just a moment. Anybody like to be a part of that? Come running down to this altar right now. Come, come on down here right now. We're going to pray for you. Come on, prayer counselors. Come on, prayer counselors, right now. Come on. You want to be a part of that overflow in your life? Come on right now. Come on. Come on right now. We're going to magnify. We're going to celebrate. We're going to pray for you. We're going to ask God to do great things in your life right now. Come on. Come on right now. Come on right now in the name of the Lord. Come on right now. Some of you have got funerals. He needs to turn into celebrations. You've lost things in your life. Some of you have got emptiness. He needs to turn into overflow. Some of you have selfishness. He needs to turn outward in your life. Come on down right now. Come on out of the balcony, folks. Come on. Don't be afraid to come to this altar. Don't be afraid and say, God, I need some overflow in my life. 
I need that water you talked about. I need that water you, you told us about. I need that water. I want that water. I desire that water. I, I want that water in my life. Would you come right now? Would you come on down here right now in the name of the Lord? I need that overflow in my life. I need that overflow in my life. Come on, I need it. I need it. I need it. It's not just for people that are hurting. This is for people that are already being blessed. Come on, you want overflow in your business? You want overflow in your family? You want overflow in your job? You want overflow? Come on down here right now. In the name of the Lord God Almighty is here for you today. He's here for you. Now throw your hands in the air. Throw your hands in the air. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.